my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hello, you are joining the Mark Moss Show, where I'm bringing to you the latest in news on Bitcoin, cryptocurrencies, and the decentralized revolution. I've been coming at you every single week, bringing you the most up-to-date information, the information that you need to navigate this boom correctly. And I have to say that you need to understand just how important this is. Um, this is not just uh, some new type of fad that's going to go away. This is not like uh, many uh, many people predicted some of this new technology, like uh, Paul Krugman, a famous said that the fax machine would uh, kind of go away as a fad. Even Bill Gates called the internet a fad. Um, this is not a fad. This is what we call a technological revolution, not a new technology. So the difference of that as a new technology, you know, like the iPhone, like Uber or Airbnb, um, those, those are cool. And if you catch them right, you can make some good money. And, you know, they affect our lives a little bit. Um, a technological revolution is something so much bigger that it literally changes humanity. And it doesn't just change humanity. Technological revolutions drive financial markets. So not only will this change your life in every area, it also drives financial markets. And so if you get this right, it could be the single biggest opportunity of your lifetime. So I bring this information to you each and every week. So you'll have what you need to navigate this correctly. 
It's that important. So uh, if you're listening right now, just go ahead and pull out your phone, put a bookmark on your calendar for this date, this time, and this station, and make sure you tune in with me each and every week. This is the information that you need, and I'm going to bring it to you. Uh, my name is Mark Moss. Again, you can follow me on Twitter at one Mark Moss. That's at one Mark Moss. Tweet at me. Let me know you heard me on the radio. Ask me a question. I'll make sure to answer it next week. Now, um, jumping into some of the news, I have a lot of stuff planned for you this, uh, this episode, this show. So make sure you stick around. Um, I have, um, a bunch of news that I want to talk about as far as what's going on with the price. We're going to talk about some huge, huge, huge regulations that are happening that are going to blow things wide open. We're going to talk about some information, we'll call it that. Uh, we might call it FUD. If you know what that is, I'll explain to you what that is later. Uh, but the Bank of England is warning us of a potential financial meltdown. We're going to talk about prices going completely haywire. Of course, we're going to tie all this back to what Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies mean. I want to get into some um, some some data that's recently been put out uh, that talks about a poll that was recently done, polling uh, Americans all over the world, um, asking them, or Americans all over the country, asking them um, different questions. You'll be very, very surprised at the answers. Um, and all of this goes back into the information that you need so that you can play this correctly. Now, if you've been tuning in each and every week with me, uh, first of all, thank you. Uh, but you'll also probably uh, recognize, if you have, and if not, I'll let you know, that I started the very first episode of the show not talking about the price, the U.S. dollar of Bitcoin. We started talking about um, it from a human rights perspective. I had on uh, one of my good friends, Alex Gladstein, who's, who's from the Human Rights Foundation. We talked about how Bitcoin is literally solving human rights issues all around the world. It's that big. And I started with that episode because I didn't want you to think it's all about money and about making making dollars. We're literally trying to change the world for the better. That's what technological revolutions do. And so it's that big. However, I get it. Uh, Bitcoin is a little bit of a bait and switch. It sucks you in on the price. It baits you in on the price. And then it switches you into the things that are most important. All of the issues that we have in the world today all relate back to one thing, and that is the money. So we say if we fix the money, we fix the world. So yeah, it's great. Make some money. Increase your U.S. dollar stack. <clears throat> That's great. Prices are going up like crazy. We need to increase our purchasing power. But we're literally talking about fixing the world. It's that big. So we're going to go through that a lot on this show. I have a lot planned, but... Let's start with the price, because I know a lot of you people are paying attention to that. And like I said, it's a bait and switch. It's baiting you in with the price. And so right now, we are continuing to see the rise of the Bitcoin price. As a matter of fact, it hit $58,000 this week, which is an amazing number. We haven't seen it that price um, since back in May. And so um, it's not at the highest it's ever been. We're at, uh, well, we're at about $65,000 US dollar value of Bitcoin is, is where the high mark has been set. We're a little bit off of that, but we are climbing up pretty fast. Now, again, uh, this is just the price, but of course, as an investor, as a trader, these are things that you want to be paying attention to. 
you might ask yourself, why? Why is the price going up? Um, also, the question is typically asked, why does the price go down? Um, I typically don't try to get too involved into the short-term price movement of it. In my opinion, I believe it's a little bit of a distraction. Um, Long-term, I believe the picture is much more clear where this can go. Short-term is a lot more difficult, and that's because the price is constantly being traded back and forth. It's being set in real time. It's what's called price discovery, and so the price price moves up and down. It's volatile. And I don't think it's very productive for the average person to be paying attention to it on that short of a time period. However, there's continuing amount of good news and good data coming out, which I think has a lot to do with it. So a couple of big, big, big things um, that are happening. I think right off the bat, there's been talk for the last couple of years about a Bitcoin ETF. An ETF is an exchange-traded fund. It's kind of like an index. It allows somebody... Um, through their uh, stock trading account to get access to Bitcoin, get access to the price. So if you're not aware, a lot of people aren't able to buy Bitcoin. Either one, um, they don't know how, it's too difficult, or especially on the institution side and inside your retirement accounts, uh, your IRAs, 401ks, things like that, you're not able to buy Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a commodity. It's, that's, what, that's what it's classified in the United States as a commodity, as an asset like property. And so you're not able to buy those things through your normal retirement accounts. However, if it goes into an ETF, an exchange-traded fund, uh, basically what they would do is then say, well, if you buy our fund, then we'll go and buy Bitcoin. And so you're getting access to the price of Bitcoin, but you don't technically own Bitcoin. Um, so that's basically what an ETF is. Now, we have ETFs for all the other big commodities, of course. So uh, precious metals, gold and silver. Um, there's a new uranium one that's going right now. Of course, you can find them through lots of other physical commodities. And so that is basically what's happening with Bitcoin. Now, there's lots of speculation that we're finally finally going to get a Bitcoin ETF through the door. Um, some of these big giant you know, financial institutions have been trying to get an ETF through the door for a couple of years now. So we've been seeing them try over and over and over. But every time they do, the SEC has shut him down and just, and just stopped him in their tracks. Now, a lot of people speculate that if we get an ETF approved, we're going to see the floodgates just come into Bitcoin and could push the price higher than most people have imagined. And so we've been speculating on this for years. We've been waiting, watching, watching. You know, I think it probably first really started being talked about in 2017. And I don't have the number. I should have done some research, but I would imagine at this point dozens have been put forth and have been denied. A lot of the reasons given for denying them are that um, the Bitcoin price, the Bitcoin price is too volatile. It goes up and down too much. Um, a lot of a lot of it is that it's too small of a market. So um, with the current price getting back up over fifty-five thousand, we've seen the total market cap, which is all the existing Bitcoin times the price equals the market cap. And we've seen that get over $1 trillion again. And so once it gets over a trillion dollars, it starts to become a big enough asset that could be used in this ETF. So that's something. The other thing is that, of course, a lot of people think that the government will just make it illegal. Um, and so that's probably one of the biggest things that I hear all the time, uh, people talking about Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies is that, ah, oh, yeah, the government will make them illegal. Well, some big catalyst that came out this week is both um, Jerome Powell, who's the head of the Federal Reserve, the central bank, and Gary Gensler, who's the new head of the SEC, have both come out and said they will not make Bitcoin illegal.
So um, I think that's also having something to do with the price, but also since the head of the SEC, Gensler, has made that stance and the SEC is the one that approves the, uh, the, the ETF to go through, a lot of people are thinking it's going to come through. Now, I want to tell you what this means and what I think is going to happen. And then I want to tell you about some other catalysts that are happening inside of Bitcoin right now that are going to propel it more uh, much more higher and faster than you might imagine. Uh, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show, and I'm going to be right back. All right, welcome back. You are listening to The Mark Moss Show, where I talk about Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies and really the decentralized revolution, the technological revolution that's literally happening now and will change the way the world works, change humanity. And so the way that you take advantage of these opportunities, these asymmetric opportunities, is by having information that most people don't have, which is what I'm trying to bring to you each and every week. So make sure to tune in. Now, we were just talking about um, the, the price of Bitcoin, the US dollar of Bitcoin. In my opinion, I think it's a little bit of a distraction. I try not to pay too much attention to it on a short-term basis. I'm more focused on where it's going over the long run. Um, maybe that's because uh, I've been a full-time investor and uh, developer for uh, decades. You know, And when I was developing real estate, um, and I've developed tens of millions of dollars worth of real estate. Um, and a lot of these real estate projects would be multi-year, right? So I'd have to buy land and I'd have to um, get it rezoned and get it approved to the city. And then I have to get architects and permits and all these things. And it could be three to five years on a project. And so maybe that's just helped me learn to think longer term. The one problem I see today is that everybody's thinking so short term. How much can I make this week? If you buy something and then the price goes down a little bit, people freak out. And so that's why I think the price is a little bit of a, a the short term price is a little bit of a distraction. Um, really, we're trying to look at the long term viability of it. Um, but back to the price, it is it is back up uh, over $58,000 at the time of this recording. And um, some of the catalysts that are driving it, I was talking about one being as ETF getting approved. They've been trying to get an ETF through uh, for the last several years. Um, but the new head of the SEC, Gary Gensler, um, he is a Bitcoin and cryptocurrency fan. As a matter of fact, he taught at MIT as a professor on Bitcoin. So he not only is a fan, he literally taught on it at MIT. So he knows it very, very well. And because of that, because of his understanding of it, um, a lot of people think that we're much more likely now to get this ETF through. As a matter of fact, um, I'm not really a betting man, but in the betting markets, uh, they, they have markets basically to bet on everything. And they have betting markets to show what the potential approval rate of getting the ETF through is. Um, and a lot of people are putting in about 75% chance of getting that ETF through. And of course, if that were to happen, we could see a massive amount of money flooding into Bitcoin over that. Now, a couple of things to keep in mind. Uh, first off, this may shock you. Sorry if it does. Brace yourself. But I'm not a big fan of an ETF. I'm just, I'm just not a big fan of an ETF for, for a couple of reasons. The first thing is that, you know, while modern economics tries to make everything so complicated that you can't really understand it, I think part of that strategy is so that you don't try to understand it and you just hire a financial advisor. Um, but they try to make things so complicated, but the reality is it's not. The reality is, is that it drives off of supply and demand. When demand outstrips supply, the price goes up. And the opposite is also true. So what happens is um, the more people that want Bitcoin, 
they buy Bitcoin. That's the demand go up. The supply is fixed. There can never be more than 21 million. That's it. Um, and so as more and more people want it, so let's say that uh, you know all these institutions want to buy it, that increases the demand, but the supply stays fixed, which, of course, pushes the price up. The problem that I have with ETF is that it enables people to buy fake Bitcoin. So what do I mean by that? Well, what happens is if you were with me in the previous segment, you, said, uh, you heard me say that it's a way for people to get access to Bitcoin's price but without actually owning anything. And so what I mean by that is we have, as I said, right, we have gold ETFs. And so instead of me owning physical gold that I have to take possession of and I put into my safe or I bury in my backyard or in a safety deposit box, instead of doing that, what I could do is I can buy a gold ETF and there's plenty of them to choose from. So I buy the gold ETF. Now, I don't technically own gold, but I have exposure to the price of gold. So if the price of gold goes up, my shares in the ETF go up in value as well. But I don't own the gold. And so the same would be true with Bitcoin in the sense where if I bought it through an ETF, I don't actually own Bitcoin. I just have exposure to the price of Bitcoin. Now, this is uh, bad, in my opinion, for a couple of reasons. The first reason I would say is that, and, 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 and probably the bigger reason well, they're both big, but probably the first big reason is that um, back to uh, economics 101, supply and demand. If, if uh, more people want to buy Bitcoin, there's more demand. If the supply is fixed, the price goes up. But what if I can get exposure to the price of Bitcoin, but I don't actually have to buy it? So now you have all these potential buyers who want Bitcoin in their portfolio, but rather than actually buying it, they're buying paper versions of it. They're buying it in an ETF. That messes up the entire demand, supply and demand um, relationship. So let me give you an example. In Back to the gold ETFs, they've been around for a long time. In a gold ETF, again, right? you have exposure to the price. Um, estimates are today there's about 500 paper ounces for every one physical ounce of gold. So what does that mean? That means there's 500 people that think they own an ounce of gold, but the reality is there's only one physical ounce of gold to go around. So 499 people are going to be left holding worthless paper. Now that's bad in itself. 499 people are going to find out they own virtually something, nothing or something that's worthless. But even worse than that, like I said, that's 499 people that should have just bought gold. And if those 499 people would have bought gold, the demand for gold would have gone up and it would have pushed the price up. And so by creating this fake paper market, this ETF market, it shifts that supply and demand because Bitcoin has a fixed cap. Um, now they can buy an unlimited amount of Bitcoin fake on paper. So that's one uh, fear that I have. Another fear that I have or thing that I just don't like about the ETFs is that, again, Bitcoin is not uh, just a new technology. It's a technological revolution that will literally change all of humanity. And so, um, you know, while you might be listening, by the way, to the Mark Ma show, where we're talking about Bitcoin cryptocurrencies each and every week, um, you, while you might be thinking about uh, Bitcoin as, you know, maybe it's digital cash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's digital cash. I get it. Or uh, I get it. It's, it's kind of like digital gold. Oh, yeah, yeah. I get it. It's kind of like that too. Um, but Bitcoin is actually so much more than that. Um, we actually don't know exactly what it's going to be. Now, let me give you an example. So 
in a technological revolution, we try in our human minds, because we're not good at predicting the future, we try to relate it to something else that we can understand. So for example, when electricity was created, which was one of the five technological revolutions, when um, electricity came out, it was kind of like a digital candle. And a lot of people said, why do we need that? It's stupid. It doesn't make any sense. There's no use case for it. Candles have been perfect for 5,000 years. Why do we need a digital candle? I'd just use a regular candle, right? Um, and, 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 and electricity was, at that time, a digital candle. It was. And it still kind of is today. But it's so much more than that. It's allowing us to do what we're doing right now. And that's kind of like what Bitcoin is. It's, yes, it is kind of like digital gold. Sure, it is like digital cash. Yes, it is. But it is so much more than that. It's going to be so much more. Kind of going back to even the internet. In the early 90s, it was kind of a way to send electronic messages. Sure. It was kind of a way to have like chat boards, sure. But today we have like our car hooked to something called a cloud using something called social media to like navigate us around traffic, right? It's so much bigger. And so what uh, one of the revolutionary things about Bitcoin is that it allows me to custody, take custody of my own personal private property. And that is a massive shift. I want to tell you just how big of a shift that is. And this is one of the key pieces that will literally transform humanity. That's how big this is going to be. So I'll break that down for you. And of course, you'll understand where the price of Bitcoin will go based off that information. You're listening to Mark Moss. I'll be right back. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure, I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be to be. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, 
Take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. All right, welcome back. You are listening to The Mark Moss Show, where I bring to you the latest information on Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies and this decentralized revolution that we are going through right now. Um, and before the break, I was talking to you about the price of Bitcoin. You know, we're at above $58,000. We haven't been at that level for a long time. I'm talking about how the short-term price is a little bit of a distraction. But then we're looking at some of the metrics that were driving that price. We're talking about ETFs in the betting markets. They show they have about a 75% chance of being approved and what that will do to the markets. Um, I was explaining to you two reasons why I'm not a big fan of the ETFs. The first one, that it creates this kind of uh, fake paper market like we've seen happen in the gold markets. Um, but, but what I was just getting into before the break was talking about how revolutionary Bitcoin is. And so um, one of the many revolutionary things about Bitcoin is for the first time, it allows me to hold my private property, take custody of that and hold it in a way that I can secure it, I can protect it, and nobody can take it from me and I can take it with me anywhere I want to go. This is revolutionary. Now think about uh, probably the oldest problem that man has May, may one of the oldest problems, if not the oldest, one of the oldest problems is that I'm afraid somebody will come and steal my property. So um, somebody's going to come, you know, kill me and take my chickens. So me and my neighbor partner together, and then some we're afraid someone's going to come take our chickens and our goats. So then we form a village, and now we're afraid the village is going to come. And so then we make a kingdom, and then we make a government, and you get the idea. We have been trying to protect our property since the beginning of time, and the more property you have the harder it is to secure it. If you have enough gold, you have to build a vault, you need to have full-time security, and that's very expensive. And then how do you move that gold? What if I decide I wanna move that gold across the sea? <laughs> well, uh, that's very slow, it's very expensive, the ship could sink, we have lots of gold sitting at the bottom of the ocean. And so um, securing my wealth, my value, my property is like the oldest problem we have. Bitcoin has revolutionized that. For the first time in history, I can store my wealth, my value, my money in a way that's cryptographically secured. And what that means is that I don't need to build a vault, a castle. I don't need an army to protect it. I literally need nothing. It costs me no money and I can secure all the wealth that I have, hundreds of billions of dollars if I had it. And then on top of it, no one can take it from me. And then on top of that, I can take it with me anywhere I want. Now, when you take away the oldest problem that man has had, which is how do I secure my wealth, and you get rid of that problem, how does that change the future? Well, again, humans aren't really good at um, predicting the future. All we can do is imagine better versions of what we have today. So I can't tell you every way this changes the future, but I can tell you it's going to be big. It's going to be really big. And so because we have that shift where now we can hold our value, we can store it, nobody can steal it from us, and I can take it with me anywhere, that's the revolutionary aspect, then everybody should be doing that. You should do it. 
I'm doing it, and everybody else should as well. And so if you're buying Bitcoin through an ETF, you're not taking delivery of the Bitcoin. You don't even own Bitcoin. All you're doing is getting exposure to the price. And so that reason, uh, that and the paper uh, paper access to the to the Bitcoin are two big reasons why I'm not big fans of the ETF coming. Now, um, some ETFs say they would be physically settled, and so that means if I buy the Bitcoin, um, then uh, and I and I win, I could actually take delivery of it. Um, but most of them will be cash settled, and so that's a problem. But anyway, um, back to the price going up. Like I said, the betting markets are saying there's about a 75% chance we see one go through, um, and and I think they're onto something. Like I said, the market cap is over one trillion dollars, which makes it uh, a big enough asset to do that with. And the new head of the SEC, Gary Gensler, um, is, like I said, he used to teach at MIT as a professor on Bitcoin. So he's definitely very Bitcoin friendly. Um, so those are two reasons why I think we're really seeing the price shoot up. Uh, by the way, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show, and I bring to you the latest in Bitcoin cryptocurrency information and news each and every week. Um, bookmark it on your calendar. Follow me on Twitter at one Mark Moss, send me a tweet and I'll answer your question next week. Um, and so that's one of the big catalysts that's happening, but there's lots of other things going on. Now, um, in the kind of the, the famous quote of, uh, I think it was Gandhi that said, you know, first they uh, ignore you, then they laugh at you, um, then they try to fight you, um, kind, of a, kind of a narrative, and then they join you. Um, and we've kind of seen the same thing happen with Bitcoin over the last 11 years. And so, you know, at first they ignored Bitcoin. And so Bitcoin was ignored for six, seven years, kind of just left alone, left to kind of grow, do their thing. By 2016, 2017, we started seeing people laugh at Bitcoin. Uh, it's a joke. It's stupid. It'll never be anything. It's a fad. All these things. Um, then we got to the point where they started to fight it. Um, so we've seen China now has banned Bitcoin, I think, nine times now. Um, other countries have thought about it as well, try to do things to fight it. Um, and now we're at the final stage of that uh, famous quote, which is, then they join you. And so um, what, what does that mean? Well, we've seen first the individuals have started buying Bitcoin storing their wealth in Bitcoin. It's now my reserve asset. Then we started to see over the last year, year and a half, um, Fortune 500 companies, publicly traded companies like MicroStrategy, actually take their savings, what's what they would call their treasury reserve, and put that into Bitcoin. So it went from people like you and I, then it went to like investors, maybe some hedge fund guys. Now it went to publicly traded corporations. And then we went to countries. So we've seen El Salvador be the very first country to adopt Bitcoin as a legal tender. And um, when they did that, they launched their own wallets called the Chivo wallet. And in that Chivo wallet, um, that's how everybody could get access to Bitcoin. They gave everybody in the country who downloaded that wallet $30 in Bitcoin just for downloading it. So, um, hey, congratulations, you're an El Salvador citizen. Uh, here's your new wallet and here's $30 in Bitcoin. Now, uh, depending on where, at, where you're at in the world, most likely you're in the United States listening to this right now, uh, $30 may not sound like that much, but when you're in El Salvador, I can guarantee you that's a, a lot of money. It could, be a, it could be a whole week's worth of wages for somebody. So imagine however much money you make if, if uh, your government gave you a week's worth of wages for free. Probably like the stimmy that's been being sent out for the last year, you know, getting your extra 600 bucks or something like that. And so everybody got $30 in Bitcoin. Now, what's interesting about that is if, and I don't know how many 
did. I don't have the data on the percentage of what the people did with it. But if they would have held that Bitcoin from the time it went legal tender, which was, uh, I believe it was September 7th, so just about a month ago, um, they would have now doubled their money. They'd now be sitting on $60 of Bitcoin, which is pretty cool. Um, so we've seen that. And now on top of that, so remember, the they ignore you, they laugh at you, they fight you, and then they join you. So now we've seen people, we've seen investors, hedge funds, we've seen publicly traded corporations. Uh, now we're seeing countries, countries. That's a big deal. By the way, you're listening to the Mark Moss Show. Um, and uh, we're seeing countries adopt Bitcoin, and that is starting to trigger uh, a domino effect. So we saw just a couple of days ago that now Bitcoin is set to become legal payments in Brazil. So the Brazil, Brazil's federal deputy, Array Ribeiro, has revealed that Brazilians could soon be able to buy houses, cars, and yes, even McDonald's with Bitcoin. Uh, the South American nation is preparing to vote on a cryptocurrency regulation bill, which is expected to be presented to the plenary of the Chamber of Deputies within the next couple of days. Um, and so they want to create basically the same thing that El Salvador's done, and they're not the only ones. Now, um, if you think what um, El Salvador did is cool, um, the population of Brazil is like 10x the size of El Salvador. Um, and then we've, we're seeing other countries come on board with it, and there is even more. Um, I want to talk about that. Now, some of the things why these countries want to adopt it is for a couple of reasons. Uh, one, what we've seen is in El Salvador, since they've opened this up a month ago, they've had massive interest of investors coming in to the markets um, to come into El Salvador, to set up businesses, to buy real estate, to start moving people down there. And they've, 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 they've brought all this investment into their country. And of course, other countries are watching this and they want to bring all that investment as well. Uh, but again, it's not just about money. I want to tell you what it's actually doing to change people's lives. Um, and when you understand how big it's changing people's lives there, you're going to have a totally, totally different perspective, and it's going to make this seem way bigger than it is. So I'm going to talk about that as soon as I come back. You're listening to The Mark Moss Show. All right, welcome back. You are listening to The Mark Moss Show, and I'm bringing you the latest in information, in news that you need for Bitcoin, for cryptocurrencies, and for this decentralized revolution that's going on. I continue to tell you over and over, this is not just a new technology, it's not a fad, it's not something passing. This will literally change the way the world works. It'll change the direction of the world. Now, we've gone through quite a bit so far. Um, if, you, if you're just tuning in, uh, don't miss next week. Put it on your calendar right now. But we've gone through talking about you know, the Bitcoin price. We started talking about ETFs. Uh, I talked about some things that I do and don't like about the ETFs. Um, then we started talking about how uh, first it was people using it, then, and then uh, hedge funds, investors, publicly traded companies. And now we're seeing countries talking about El Salvador. Um, now Brazil's announcing that they want to come on board with it. Uh, we're seeing about four or five other countries talking about the same. So now you're kind of caught up. But I want to tell you one thing that, that uh, most people just don't understand. Um, and I have to kind of admit that maybe I didn't even understand it either. Now, I say that with a little bit of embarrassment, and maybe I shouldn't have that embarrassment, but I travel a lot. Um, I've been traveling the world for a long time, uh, pretty much my entire adult life. Uh, part of the reason why is because I'm a surfer. <laughs> and so I'm constantly chasing waves all around the world. And as a surfer, you're trying to go to the most remote locations that you can. Uh, the farther you go off the beaten path, the more remote the location is, hopefully the less people that are there. And so you're always trying to get to you know remote locations. 
And so because of that, I've gone to lots of very poor countries with very bad infrastructure, things like that. And so um, I tell you, I say I have a little bit of embarrassment. I didn't know this because I have that perspective. I've traveled to these countries, but I just haven't necessarily looked at them through the, through the proper lens. And so um, I've been down to El Salvador a couple of times surfing. Um, I was recently down there um, just a few months ago um, once this uh, law came through that they're making Bitcoin legal tender. And so I was there and um, I was, I'm working on a project to take jobs down there. I'm not going to get super deep into that. But um, what, uh, what I noticed when I was there that just changed my perspective on this is that um, you may not know, but per the UN, there's about 2 billion adults in the world today that have no access to financial services. 2 billion adults. Now, there's approximately seven and a half, maybe closer to 8 billion people in the world. Uh, that's from babies to, you know, old people, uh, elderly. And so if there's 2 billion adults, you know, that's probably a little bit more than half of the world have no access to the financial services, to the financial markets of the world. And so at a time when the entire world is screaming for equality, equality of everything, right? Equality of uh, income equality and uh, you know, gender equality and every equality that you can imagine, um, at a time when the whole world is screaming that everything must be fair, we have 2 billion adults that have no access to the financial system. And if they have no access to the financial system, how can that be fair? There's no equality. A lot of people, unfortunately, today are starting to talk about equality of an outcome, meaning we should all have the same thing at the end. That's ridiculous. That's dangerous. And I reject that. Um, but we should at least have equality of an opportunity. We should all at least have the opportunity to get ahead. And when you have 2 billion adults who don't even have access to the financial system, they do not have equality of an, of, of an opportunity. Now, why? Why do they not have that? Why, why can't they get into the financial system? Well, they're not allowed to. They're not allowed to. That's right. So let me explain what I mean. So um, in order to get a bank account, um, because, uh, you know, your couple hundred bucks could lead to terrorism and do all these bad things. Never mind the, you know, pallets of uh, hundreds of millions of dollars that we've given to actual terrorist countries. But your couple hundred bucks could lead to terrorism. And so you are, you are under this heavy, heavy restriction of two things. It's called KYC, Know Your Customer, and AML, which is Anti-Money Laundering. And so all the banks around the world have to comply with these two things, KYC and AML. If you've ever gone to open up a bank account, you'll know the amount of paperwork that you have to put together to open one. And it's, it's very difficult. Now that's difficult for you in the United States, but when you live in one of these third world countries, you don't even have the information to give them. So they can't really do the KYC or AML on you. Uh, that's one big problem. Another problem is that there's a lot of parts of the world where people aren't allowed. They're not given permission. So our financial system is called permissioned. It's a permission system. You have to be allowed, you have to be given permission to join it. Now, there's a lot of people around the world that don't have permission, can't get permission. Why? Well, let's say that you're a 15-year-old kid and you just happen to grow up in uh, uh, Iran. And uh, you started a little uh, Instagram account and you want to start selling some uh, pet supplies or whatever. I don't know. Well, you can't join the financial system because you were born in Iran and Iran sanctioned. You maybe had never anything to do with what's going on in the country, but because you were born there, you don't get to join the financial system of the world. And so there's lots of countries that have that problem. The other problem, going back to um, El Salvador, 
is that while El Salvadorians use the U.S. dollar, they are allowed to get into the into the banking system, the world financial system. The problem for them is that it's too expensive. It's too expensive. So again, um, you have to understand that uh, El Salvador and most of Central America is very poor, uh, as as most of the world is. So um, El Salvador is ranked, I believe, 107 on global GDP. So out of about uh, 180, 190 countries, they're uh, in the bottom half of that. And as you may not know this, but about half the world lives on less than $5 a day. Half, half the world lives on less than $5 a day. About 75% of the world lives on less than 10. So if you make more than $10 a day, you're in the upper 25 percentile. As a matter of fact, if you're in the United States listening to this, which I'm sure you are at this point, and you make the poverty line, you're in the top like 1% of the world. Anyway, back to um, El Salvador. So, um, you know, if they make uh, a couple hundred bucks a month, they're doing really good. Well, the problem is, is just like in the United States, it costs money to open up a bank account. So, you know, it could cost uh, 25 bucks a month or 50 bucks a month to open a bank account. Now, the way it typically works in the United States with Wells Fargo, Bank of America, JP Morgan, et cetera, is that if you keep a minimum balance, then that is typically waived. Well, in El Salvador, they're paying 25 to $50 per month for a bank account, but they don't have the balances. They don't get those fees waived. And so now it's going to cost them up to 50 bucks a month to have a bank account. That could be half of their monthly pay. Can they afford to spend, could you afford to spend half of your income just to have a bank account? Of course, the answer is no, you can't, you wouldn't. And so all of these people and people like that in this low income bracket, even if they have permission, even if they're allowed to join the global financial system, they can't. And so all these people in El Salvador, literally not all of them, but people that are affected by this, they don't have bank accounts. They can't join into the global financial system. They can't use digital money. Now, um, a lot of people still think of the dollars um, not being digital, but about 90% of all dollar transactions are done digital. Um, I rarely carry cash around anymore. It's all being done with debit cards or credit cards. You know, you're buying stuff online, et cetera. And so these people have no way to join the global financial system, no way to join the digital payment system. Now that's on the, that's on the, on the, on the, people. That's on the person side. What about the businesses? Well, the businesses have a very similar problem. The problem for the businesses is that, again, you need to be on the global financial system. You need to be able to be uh, into the digital payment realm. And so um, a lot of the businesses down there in some of these areas, um, you know, they sell pupusas on the side of the road or coconuts or things like that. Um, and you need to be doing anywhere from $15,000, $20,000 a month to get a credit card system, a merchant account set up. And uh, guess what? Most of them don't do that much business. They don't do that much revenue. And so they're not able to get a credit card system, a merchant account system set up. And so basically what you have is a, a huge segment of the population. <clears throat> As consumers, they don't have banking accounts. They're not in the financial system. And the merchants aren't able to join that. How can you ever have a quality how could they ever bring their skills, their products, their services to the global marketplace if they're not allowed into the global financial system? That's not equal. That's not equality. Now, again, I'm not going for equality of an outcome, but that, they don't even have an opportunity. Well, guess what? Bitcoin fixes that. 
just like it fixes everything else. So um, Bitcoin has now given bank accounts to millions and millions of people within weeks that were not able to get them. And it's even bigger than that. Uh, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show, where I'm talking about Bitcoin, cryptocurrencies, and the decentralized revolution. When I come back, I want to talk about some other catalysts that are going to push Bitcoin higher than you might ever imagine. So stick with me. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment... Oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. 